right, if you have your Bibles, let's open them up tonight to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, uh, if you've got it on your phone, turn on your Bible app. Amen. Get yourself a real Bible. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. It's something like having some pages where you can underline it, highlight it. I love it. You know, my Bible's falling apart. I need to get another one. Uh, but I encourage you, grab yourself a Bible. Uh, grab yourself a real Bible, real pages. But Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Oh, sweet. There's some Bibles at the back there, Hemi. Uh, if anyone needs a Bible, please uh, put your hand up. Hemi will be able to distribute them at the back there. Amen. So I want to preach a message tonight called Tongues and Treasures. Tongues and Treasures. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Uh, as you're turning there, there's a saying that, uh, that goes, you know, you probably heard it. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Words will never hurt. How many of you know that's not true? Because words do hurt. Amen. Words have an effect that destroys. Words have an effect that can cause harm. Words have an effect that cause encouragement, inspiration. Amen. Words have power. And so tonight in the text, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And if you want as well, turn to James chapter 3, verses 1 tonight. I'm going to talk about the power of words. I'm going to talk about words that have an impact. But in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, listen to what it reads. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I want you to think about that for a minute, death and life. Everyone say death and life. These two things are in the power of the tongue. So if you're taking note, number one, death and life. I mean, you think about these words for a minute, death and life. These are two uh, incompatible words, these two separate words qualities or these forms death and life are in the power of the tongue death i mean think about this the the words you speak think about the words that may come out of your mouth are they bringing forth life or are they bringing forth death i mean you may be around some people at work and all they speak is negativity all they speak are words of death i mean we live in a generation where people are committing suicide amen we live in a generation where people are hearing words of death Death that comes into someone's ears, you're not good enough. Death that comes to somebody that feels, you know what, man, life isn't good. And so they hear these words getting spoken into their hearts, into their soul. Listen, they're saying words like, you know what, hey, no one loves you. No one cares about you. Look at you. You're nobody. Words that will affect the heart. The words that will have the ability tonight to bring forth death or bring forth life. There's a quote that says this, be careful with your words. Once they're said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Amen. Be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Someone else said this, be careful with your words. You can say hurtful words in 10 seconds, but 10 years later, the wounds can still be there. Amen. There's power in the tongue. There's power in the words that you speak, the words that you speak have the ability to crush someone's spirit. The words that you speak have the ability to break someone's heart, destroy someone's destiny, death and life. Think about that. It comes out of your mouth. When you're around your family, when you're at work, death and life, these two separate things have the ability to bring forth death or bring forth life. Let's think about life in these these words right here, words, your words of life, 
It can inspire. It can touch the imagination of someone's mind. It can touch the very heart of a soul. It can spark within someone this motivation to do something. Life can stir the spirit of the stagnant soul. These are the words that are held within your tongue. They make or break. They encourage or discourage. What kind of words do you speak in your marriage? What kind of words do you speak to your children and around your children? What kind of words are they hearing you speak? Is it death or life? Come on, don't go quiet on me now. How many of us can speak words and it's kind of like, oh, we speak them and we kind of regret it. Anyone ever been there before? It's like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. And these words come out of us so quickly, but yet it's so hard to retrieve them back. Words. Turn with me to James chapter 3. This is a powerful portion of scripture all throughout James chapter 3 it talks about a picture of maturity and destiny when it comes to words think about this tonight James chapter 3 in other words it's talking about uh, when someone has the ability this discipline to zip it (laughs) you know what I'm saying when someone has the discipline within them to say you know what no no I want to say something but no 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 I ain't gonna say something James is talking about when someone has the ability to bridle their tongue. There's this maturity and it brings forth this destiny. Listen to this tonight. James chapter 3 verse 1. My brethren, let, many, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect Man, that word perfect translates to a mature man, or able to also bridle the whole body. You see, again, it's talking about here this maturity. If someone's able to now be uh, able to not stumble in word, he is a mature man or a woman. And when this happens, destiny lies ahead for this person. Listen to the next verse, verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. I mean, it's giving us a picture that it's now bringing forth destiny, that wherever uh, you're heading in life, everything is turned by this bridle on your tongue. Everything is turned by a small little rudder on a ship. And your whole life, Your whole future, your whole destiny is determined by what comes out of your mouth. Your whole destiny, listen, what you speak matters. Everything from your marriage, your kids, at work, listen, how you treat your spouse with the words you use determines what kind of marriage you have. What kind of words you use uh, to your kids and around your kids will determine how your kids will grow up. I mean, this is talking about, James is saying, the destiny that lies behind this small little rudder. The destiny that lies behind this bridle on a a horse's bit is small. It's small, but it brings forth destiny. I mean, how you treat people around you, the words you use determines how far you get in life. This is what James is talking about. James is talking about, listen, if you want to have a purpose-filled life, get a hold of your tongue. Get a hold of how you speak. Verse 5 of James says this, Even so the tongue is a little member, boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. 
the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell i mean it's so fitting that here it is that the tongue is on fire from hell that in the book of acts that what ends up happening is the holy spirit fell like fire upon what upon the tongue can you imagine what was used by the devil to speak words of death to speak words of destruction god goes you know what no the only thing i'm going to fall upon is the tongue that you may speak life, that you may speak with Holy Ghost power, that you may speak life that gives into somebody hope, that gives into someone this real sense of dignity that says, you know what, hey, there is hope that comes through a Holy Ghost filled words. Listen to the verse 7. For every beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. Get that, no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. You know what James is talking about here? He's using this sort of language to bring out tension that the tongue is like this wildfire, that if it's uh, not controlled properly, it's going to cause destruction. And he's saying, you know what, who can tame this tongue? James is saying to us tonight, the writer of this book is saying, listen, if you don't get a hold of your words, if you don't get a hold of how you speak, around you is going to be total destruction and havoc. The way you speak around people, the way you treat people with your words, listen tonight, it's the same way that you, a wildfire will blaze throughout the countryside. How you speak will reap havoc by your words. Verse 10 of that text says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Believer tonight, don't swear. <laughs> the Bible is so clear that we ought not to bless God. Oh, hallelujah, praise Him. And the next minute, F words and all this. No, 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 man, come on. What are you speaking? Because what it does right here, James is saying, we as believers shouldn't be speaking blessing and cursing. Come on now. We ought to speak blessing of life. We ought to speak of the goodness of God. And here is the picture. The writer gives us a hint in verse 11 and 12. Because how are we going to tame the tongue? Where is the hope in this? The James saying, who can tame the tongue? Well, he gives us a hint without even giving the answer. Listen to verse 11. It says this, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Question mark. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. James is saying, in essence, what's on the inside is going to flow out. James is saying, listen, what's on the inside, both evil and good cannot come out of a fresh spring. And so the question that leads us to the second point is this, what's on the inside of you? Because what's on the inside is going to come out. Can you say amen tonight? I mean, the writer Proverbs is saying death and life are in the power of the tongue. James says no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. I mean, there's two things at work here. There's death. There's life. There's salt water. There's fresh water. These are two things right here. Death is a picture of New South Wales. I mean, I'm kidding. Uh, death is like a <laughs> life. Life, I'm telling you. So here it is, these two different entities, separate things. 
are at work right here. And it's Jesus says this. I want you to listen to what Jesus says because two things are happening. Luke chapter 6 verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. And you know what he says? Jesus says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside of you, brother? Sister, what's really inside of the wellspring of your life? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus is talking about this treasure. There's something right here. It's the treasures of the heart. It's good treasure or it's evil treasure. And we need to understand the importance of what Jesus is saying to us. The Greek word for treasure is this, thesaurus, which is where we get the word thesaurus from. Thesaurus means the treasure, the precious words. And it means storehouse, the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. This is the treasure. This is the thesaurus. And it's talking about what are you storing in the treasures of your heart? Because what is coming out is the issue of the heart. How you speak is because of what's inside of your heart. What's in that treasure box. And Jesus brings the link between the two. Linking the treasure and the heart. Linking the treasure and the tongue. Linking it all together. That is why you ought to guard your heart. Because what out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart. You get around people and they, yep, 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 talk, 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 gossip, 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 betray, betray, bitter, bitter, bitter. Why are they like that? It's because what's on the inside. What's on the inside? What have they allowed on the inside? Because that is what will come out. What is on the treasure of your heart, sister? What's inside of your treasure box, brother? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This treasure that Paul is writing, the inner works of Christ, the wonderful work of His grace and His mercy. Listen to this. He writes again, I'm going to read it from verse 7 through to 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And he says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You see, Paul is saying this vessel is a weak vessel. And he's bringing our attention to Christ. Working inside of us. Working on the inside of us. Reminding us. It's the quality of the treasure. Not the quality of the vessel that contains it. So many times we want to make sure we get the vessel right. Oh, I just got to behave properly. Listen, no, you're missing the point. It's the treasure on the inside. The quality of the treasure is of the excellence of the power that may be of God and not of us. What's on the inside, my man? Sister, what are you carrying on the inside? Because Paul writes in verse 10 of the same verse, always caring about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body 
Listen, do we have Christ in our hearts? I'm telling you, do we have Christ at the center of our lives? Because in verse 13, it says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I want you to catch this. Verse 13, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus and will present us with you. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Listen, how you speak, friends, depends on how you believe. Paul writes, I believed, therefore I spoke. How you speak depends on how you believe. In other words, you can't just dish out forgiveness when you don't believe in forgiveness. You know what? It's written in the word of God that we ought to live by his word. But yet, how can we as believers speak what God says when we don't even believe what's in the word? I want to encourage you, every single one of you, to get in the word of God, to allow it to begin to stir your faith. Because it's through the stirring of God's spirit that allows the reservoirs within us that we can come to Christ and drink of the living waters so that it can flow out of us. Life will flow. Mercy flows. Grace flows. You can't give what you don't have. Come on now, you can't give what's not inside of you. You can't offer and extend grace to someone when you, all you've got is a heart-bitted heart. I'm telling you, we ought to get back to the Word of God where His Word can renew us, where His Word can transform us, that we're not like the world. Amen? That we're not conformed to the world. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds according to the Word. I believe, therefore, I speak. It's more than just the Bible. It's affected how, now how I treat others by the words I speak because of what's on the inside. This is what revival looks like because I'm telling you, you know them by their fruits, by how they speak. Verse 15, Paul writes and says, For all things for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. What's working on the inside is the treasure. The treasures of God's true riches is His mercy and His grace. The true treasures is forgiveness in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you where we allow Christ to come in and change us on the inside, then we're able to now speak the treasures and the tongue. For all things, listen, that grace may spread through many. Revival is Christ working through us. Revival is Christ speaking through us. His his grace at work in us. It's His undeserved love. That grace can spread through many. Can you imagine for a minute? I mean, can you imagine Christians, believers, blood washed in the filled with the Holy Ghost would stop gossiping and spread gospel? Come on. That you know what? Hey, listen, brother. If, if we can spread the gossip and get around so quick, can you imagine what it would be like spreading the gospel? The love of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that he offers, I believe it, therefore I speak it. I'm telling you, let's get back to say, you know what, God, I'm coming back to what matters most, what's on the inside. God, change me on the inside, therefore I can speak. Amen. Every head bowed, 
every eye closed. I believe, therefore I speak. Paul is saying, in other words, I believe in the grace of God. I believe in the God of His Word. Therefore I speak. Tonight, friend, I want to give a call. Maybe you're here tonight. And you're reminded by the words you speak. By the words that maybe you've hurt someone with your words. There are people tonight, you know, you're living with regret because of the words you spoke. There's relationships that have been broken because of the words you spoke. Tonight, friend, God gives us the opportunity that He can give us a new heart. That He can change us from the inside. Church, before I give the open up these altars, I want to give an invitation. Maybe you're here tonight and your heart is not right with God. Maybe you're here tonight and you know what? You know you're not right with God. I want to ask you the question, where would you spend eternity if you were to die tonight? Where would you spend eternity if you were to die tonight? The Bible says, for it is appointed for man to die once, then comes the judgment. It's heaven or hell, death or life. And it comes down to your decision because Jesus Christ died on the cross took your sins, our shame, guilt upon himself on the cross. And he died, took your place, took your punishment, my punishment upon himself to give us eternal life. Maybe you're here tonight and you know, you know what? You're not right with God. You'd say, yep, preacher, that's me. I'm, I'm away from God. I'm so far away. I'm living in sin. If I was to die, I wouldn't make heaven my home. Listen, friend, the Bible is real. Jesus is real. And he talks more about hell than he did as heaven. And every head bowed and every eyes closed. You're here in this place. Your heart is not right with God. You know you ought to make heaven your home. Be honest before God. Lift your hand with mine and say, yes. Pastor, that's me. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't look around. This is just between you and God. You're not right with God. Come on. Lift up your hand with this honest heart and say, yes, that's me. Maybe you're backslidden. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else, you're backslidden. You know your heart's not right with God. You need Christ to forgive you of your sins. Lift your hand with these honest hearts and say, yes, that's me. I'm not right. I want to be forgiven. I need eternal life. I need Jesus. I need to be forgiven. If that's you, raise your hand with these honest hearts and say, yes, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you for your honesty tonight. Anyone else? Lift your hand with these honest hearts and say, yes. That's me. Stop playing church. You're here tonight and you just come to church to be seen. Listen, it's not about that. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Brother, you're here tonight. You're not saved. Lift your hand. You never know when your time is up. Lift your hand tonight. Sister, you're here tonight and you're living in sin. This is not a place to play games. This is serious before God of eternity. If you were to die in your sin, where would you spend eternity? Lift your hand with these honest hearts and say, yes, that's me. Amen. Those of you who raise your hand, why don't you come out of your seat and just meet me at this altar. God bless you. Thanks so much for being honest. God bless you. I'm telling you, you know what? It's so, so uh, uh, encouraging. See, people respond to an altar call. Say, you know what, man, my heart's not right. I'm, I'm living in sin. I'm, God bless you for your humility. Anyone else, you come out of your seat. Be humble before God.
Say, yeah, I'm not right with the Lord. Come on, stand, come out of your seat. Join His honest people. Let's get our hearts right tonight. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come, come out of your seats. God's dealing with hearts. Maybe you're, you're playing church and you're just coming along and it's like you've never made a decision to give your heart to Jesus. Come out of your seat tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost moving through these altars. Feel the Holy Ghost moving through this place, ready to heal people of their backsliding, ready to heal people of uh, uh, sin and temptation. God wants to deliver people tonight. Oh God, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, come out of your seat right now. God wants to save souls. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I'm asking that you come into my heart, wash away my sins. I repent. I turn from my ways, turn from my sins, my own desires, and I turn to you. I thank you that you died and you rose again. And that same power that raised you from the dead live within me. Thank you for the gift of grace. I thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name.